Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast. I'm Caleb Simmons. And I'm Joshua Simmons. We are two brothers who love fly fishing, our families, and our men of faith. But like most of you listening, we're still not experts on any of those subjects. So our hope is to speak with as many people that we believe are experts on these subjects and pose the questions that most of us are asking. So thanks for joining us along the journey as we seek to inspire and encourage dads and anglers as we wade through fishing, fatherhood, and faith on the fly. Coming up on today's episode. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh and dwelled among us. I mean, creation began as Word, and our Creator is this great storyteller. We are living in and part of a greater story. It is who we are. Stories resonate with us because we're part of a grander story. That was Mr. Brad Hill from The Storied Outdoors. Coming up on today's episode. Dads on the Fly is brought to you by Maggie Valley Fly Shop. Maggie Valley Fly Shop is your go-to stop in Western North Carolina for all your fly fishing needs. Whether you're looking to book a guided trip or you're wanting to go catch some gear that you may need before you hit the stream, hop into Maggie Valley Fly Shop, grab a cup of coffee, get all the gear you need, and go enjoy a great day on the water in Western North Carolina. You can also check them out online at maggievalleyflyshop.com. Dads on the Fly is also brought to you by Trout Routes. Joshua, when we are looking for new places to go catch trout, I can think of no better resource to use than the Trout Routes app. It has been an awesome thing to help us find more trout to catch. Yeah, man, whether exploring new water or just being a new angler at all, Trout Routes now includes all of the lower 48 states on their amazing app that can be found anywhere you get your apps. So make sure and download Trout Routes today for all your fly fishing adventures. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast. I am Caleb Simmons, joined, as always, by my brother, Joshua Simmons. And I'm Joshua. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hope everybody's had a uh, nice week. We are back with an awesome episode today, Caleb, with two guys who have really become friends of ours um, doing the podcast thing. Yeah, we're excited today to have on our show Mr. Brad Hill and Brian Gill from the Storied Outdoors podcast. It's a podcast. I love their intro. It's a podcast somewhere between Lewis and Tolkien and Lewis and Clark. And they share a lot of amazing stories on their show and uh, excited to have them on with us today. Yeah, I joked with them in this episode that uh, they have a, they're a much more professional operation than we are. But, uh, but it was such a joy to have those guys on, hear their story, hear how their friendship and this pot, their podcast has just uh, brought them even closer together. And so excited to tell that story. And, you know, they were gracious enough. We did a little collaboration. So we're going to drop this episode. And then on this Wednesday, they will be dropping their episode with us. Yeah, it was cool. We kind of split back and forth. We interviewed them for our show, and then they interviewed us for theirs. It was cool being on both sides of the mic. Really interesting to be able to do that. And I think we got some good insight from from both interviews. So I encourage folks who listen to this one to go check them out at the Storied Outdoors. You get them anywhere you get your podcast. You can go find them online, too, at storiedoutdoors.com. Yeah, it was a marathon night we made that that Tuesday. <laughs> we uh, time, I think yeah. we started recording at like 9 p.m. Eastern, maybe. Yeah. I think we got done about 12, 15 a.m. Yeah, I got home late that night, but it was so cool because we could have hung out and talked to these guys forever. And, yeah. Uh, we're excited. This is, I do agree, this is a friendship that I think we're going to continue to pursue for a long time now. For sure. We hope that you guys will definitely go check them out after you listen to this episode. But before we dive into the episode, Caleb, let's talk about a couple things we got coming up. Number one, uh, 
I don't know if I'm going to go in order, but I'm just excited about this. March the 16th, Maggie Valley Fly Shop. What did we say? 6, 6, 6 p.m.? 7 yeah, 6 p.m.? I don't even know what time we said now. <laughs> 6 p.m. We're going to get together. We ask if you guys would just come hang out with us uh, for a little while. And then around 6.45, 7 o'clock, we are going to interview for the podcast Mr. Jerry Yates. And we just had this idea um, to do a couple of live events this year. I think it might be cool. We're going to have um, some drinks from Frog Level Brewing. And we're also going to have some non-alcoholic drinks, if that's your thing, too, just to hang out with us that evening. And it should be a fun time. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to do a live show, uh, get to talk to Jerry all about Frog's Fanny, this awesome stuff that he created. Uh, if you don't know, Frog's Fanny is this really cool floatant that a lot of people use on their flies, um, and there's an amazing science behind it. And Jerry's a phenomenal uh, casting instructor. He's been fly fishing for a long time. He's got a really cool story. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun to do that interview live with some people. We might even do some Q&A that we share on the podcast as well, and it's going to be a good time. So encourage everyone that wants to come hang out with us 6 o'clock on March the 16th at Maggie Valley Fly shop we're gonna have some drinks like you said from frog level brewing will be there um and we're just gonna hang out and get a chance to hang out with our community this this community that we've been able to build and so i'm excited about that maggie valley fly shop such a great place to come just hang out and you know they have the coffee bar there too so there's always a cup of coffee if that's your thing you need that so uh that's going on and anything else we got coming up man Man, just uh, some more stuff in the future. You know, the uh, the Dads on the Fly Father-Son weekend's getting close in April. It's filled up, but we can't wait for what um, is going to happen through that event. And uh, you got w- something else. One yeah. spot left for the Albi trip in October. Yeah. We got one spot if you're uh, look, if you're a dad on the fly. And uh, if you're a mom listening, it'd be a great gift. Valentine's Day is coming, like this week. No. <laughs> it's tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it's tomorrow. Um, great gift. Maybe a birthday coming up, something like that. We'd love to have your your father, your husband come fish with us for a few days in uh, beautiful Moorhead City, North Carolina with uh, Tyler and Drumroll Charter. So still got one spot available for that trip. And I can't wait to do that this coming fall as well. Um, the weather's going to be warm this week. Hope to get out and do some fishing, man. Yeah, it, need, it needs to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm itching. It's about it's, that time. It is that time. I am ready for spring. We've had some nasty weather here today, and uh, I am ready to get on the water. Yeah, so my kids are a little that. upset about no snow. Yeah. I will say in this episode, <laughs> man, we really talk about just the joy and the the health uh, of being outside. Yeah. And uh, this past week, just wanted to throw this in there before we get this episode started. Uh, started running with my kids. Oh, cool! So me and my kids just started right here on our street. It's like five up and downs on, on our one little dead end street here, makes a mile. And uh, I kind of had to talk them into do it the first day, but then they really got into it. Now they want to do it like every day when we come home from school. So um, just the joy of being outside. I can't overstate that. And these we talk about that a lot in this episode. So um, really looking forward to this. Anything else you want to say to folks, guys? We really appreciate. I do want to say this. I got a couple messages this week. Yeah. Um, from people who've heard the show either through our episode with tom rosenbauer uh, on the orvis supply fishing podcast or just kind of found us in other ways and we really appreciate those guys just send those comments in email us we try to get back to them within a day or so um, but if you haven't it really helps us so much just get out there and tell people about the show if you enjoy it and and leave us a rating and review wherever you do that we've gotten some great uh, ratings and reviews lately too and i just really appreciate all you guys for doing that and uh, we are just really really excited about the spring and what the summer is going to have in store yeah, it's going to be really great. Those messages, they, they mean the world to us. You know, they really do. Every time we get one, like an email or something from a dad who's found us for the first time. And we had a guy this week send us a message saying how much our show has really encouraged him to be more intentional with his kid getting him in the water. So that, that was really Dude, special to me. I read an email. The guy was holding his newborn daughter in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Sent us a message. Hey, I got a daughter now, too. Like, it's too awesome. Just thank you guys for doing that. It really means uh, everything to us. And uh, it's kind of become really another reason why we do this. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are really excited about all things coming up, Dazzle on the Fly, and um, just thank everyone. If you've got questions about any of them, uh, make sure to reach out to us. Instagram's a great way. But also, if you want to hear more about our events, uh, we also have a new email list. We're trying to send out emails every week with just with updates about the show, updates about some more events. Best place to get on that email list is to go to our website, dadsonthefly.com, and you can sign up for the email list right there on the main page. There's a place to subscribe for that. We'd love to just send you updates and let you know about everything going on with the show and any events to come hang out with us as well. Yeah, we got a couple of events we haven't even gotten full permission yet to do, but we hope we're going to be at. <laughs> when you say permission, you mean permission from our wives. We just so. got to check the calendar. That's, that's right. But we got that's a couple good. more coming out. That'll probably be in that next email. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I want to get on that. Well, awesome. Well, let's dive in now, Joshua, to our conversation again. So excited to have uh, Brad Hill and Brian Gill from The Story Outdoors. Love their show. The way they tell stories is amazing, and really their passion for finding the stories and being outside and how those stories really do changes, I think is really great. So let's dive into our conversation now with Mr. Brad Hill and Brian Gill from The Storied Outdoors. Dads on the Fly is brought to you by Catch Cam Knits. Catch Cam Knits, where you can build your own knit. It's your knit, so you choose every feature. Check them out online at catchcamnets.com. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast. I am Caleb, joined by my brother Joshua. And Joshua, we've got some exciting guests for us tonight. Oh, man, I'm so excited to have these guys. This is an episode that I've been wanting to do for quite some time. And uh, just to let everyone know, uh, what we've done is we've just kind of flipped it tonight. We were uh, very honored to be on their show, and now we're just turning it around and recording on our part of things so they can be on our show. And... uh it's a, it's a marathon night here, but I'm enjoying the heck out of it, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, we do. Uh, we love to talk and we love telling stories. And so we want to welcome to the podcast, Mr. Brad Hill and Mr. Brian Gill from the storied outdoors, Brad, Brian, thank you guys for joining us. Man, thanks for having us, man. This is the only thing that could make this better is if we were all in the same room. Oh yeah. We're in, we're in three different parts of the, the Southeast right now. Yeah, we're going to have to remedy that soon. Maybe we can do a live show and uh, have to have some fishing done before the That'd be cool. Show. We get one of those. We, totally make that happen. we get one of those white whale guests we're talking about and just interview them for both shows and just bring them. That'd be sweet, man. Or we could just do one right on Brad's boat, you know, just I mean, out there on the boat, set up the equipment, and go to, to town, march, baby. Man. Brad, don't you like the way that Joshua just invites himself? Like he just kind of interjects himself yeah. in there. Well, Brian, you know, Brian had said that earlier, that the boat's there. Yeah, I need to come to Alabama and catch a red eye, and then we'll go down and catch a red fish. Sounds, <laughs> it's a plan. Sounds like a great idea. Well, uh, for those of us, uh, for those of our listeners who aren't sure, we talked about this on our interview with you guys. Um, I know we have a lot of listeners that uh, listen to your show as well, The Storied Outdoors. Um, but for those that haven't found you yet, uh, to let them know a little bit about you guys, uh, Brad and Brian have been running podcast the storied outdoors for a couple of years now and uh, they take a lot of their time to really talk about the stories that shape us and how these stories when we take time to reflect on them that we get to experience in the outdoors uh, probably have a lot more meaning than maybe we originally assign to them and so uh, love your guys just kind of emphasis and what you focus on with your podcast and with your show through the guests that you talk to and um, I'm really grateful you're in the podcast space because i have really come to appreciate your show thank you yeah thank you guys so much uh you know the storied outdoors started um 
you know, on a fishing trip to uh, North Georgia. And, um, you know, it's a, uh, it, it, we, we were on our, on our way to Blue Ridge and it started, we listened to, we're listening to John Gerach, uh, tell some of his fishing stories. And, uh, you know, he, he's kind of one of those guys who's legendary, you know, the same, same conversation as like Tom Rosenbauer that you guys have had on. And, uh, we started thinking about these stories that they're telling and, you know, they were all about fishing and, and all about the outdoors. And we were like, you know what, we don't have as many fishing stories, but we do have a lot of stories about the outdoors. And we also, you know, Brad's in ministry. I've been trained in ministry. I've got a couple of ministry degrees and just feel like that's something that's part of our life. And so bringing this faith aspect into uh, reflecting on the outdoors and we are like, well, what can we call this thing? You know, and, threw around a few names and the storied outdoors stuck. And, um, you know, it, it, it came, you know, we, we love the writing, we love the outdoors and we love the, just the telling the story aspect of it. And we, we called it a podcast somewhere between Lewis and Tolkien and Lewis and Clark. I love it. That, that's that's what, yes. love. That's what drew me to it. Joshua actually introduced me to your show the as, first time. As I do a lot of good as things bring to you. Things. Yes. Yeah. And uh, when I li- <laughs> I popped your uh, I popped the first episode that I listened to I can't remember w- which one it was but I heard that in the intro you know a podcast between Lewis and talking to Lewis and Clark and I was like sold got me like <laughs> all things that I love so uh, you know oh man one of my favorite episodes was the uh, the Tolkien guy that you had on um, oh gosh what was his Marcos name? yes yes yeah. like you know I. I I geeked out and nerded out to his stuff because I'm uh, you know a huge Lord of the Rings fan. So uh, that's the yeah. fastest forty five minutes in podcast. <laughs> he was queer, right? Yeah. That was the most difficult edit because my oh, man did I not can't take imagine. a breath. Oh no, he didn't, oh, no, he didn't take a breath. <laughs> but I was just sitting there, I was relishing in it because I just loved it. So it, here's yeah. what I appreciate about the show that you guys do, and I know we're going to talk about your fishing here in a minute, but we're just kind of kind of go down this for a minute. They, they're the first podcast I've ever listened to that they have great interviews, but then every now and then you get this essay and it's, and it's, uh, I mean, my man, Brad, like the, the narration is just, it's spectacular. And and I, I just love it. it. It captured me. The first ones that I listened to and, and I went back and binged everything. I'll just be real with you guys. I've listened to pretty much everything you put out. And, um, where did that kind of, I know you wanted it to be a podcast that sold, told stories, but were you from the very beginning knew that you were going to kind of put these essays in between these different episodes? Yeah, that was definitely something that, I mean, we were inspired by an audio, you know, an audio book of essays that Girach had written, beautifully written. I mean, he's a masterful storyteller and there are bits and pieces of reflection and, you know, he riffs on things as he tells these stories and he's very, uh, you know, pithy and funny and sarcastic and it made us laugh, but got us in the frame of mind to go really go fishing. And it was incredible. And so we knew, you know, Brian is a, you know, Brian's a writer and spends a lot of time writing. And, um, and we knew that wanted, we wanted that to be part of what we were doing. And so we came to that idea of what if we alternated, um, we alternated, uh, stories and interviews and give us some balance. And, um, you know, he, when he first told me this, you know, this sort of tagline of somewhere between Lewis and Tolkien and Lewis and Clark, I was like, hold up, man. He's like, those are some big names. (laughs) That is a lofty, lofty bar 
that uh, maybe you can uh, aspire to and write that. But I, I that's writing is definitely my weak point for, for me. Um, and that's the point Brian's definitely helping me grow in and he edits. And if my essays are good, they're, they're because of Brian's, Brian's editing hands and, and we work together and bring these stories and it's really a team effort. And, and so it's so much fun and I'm definitely stretched in that area as we rewrite stories. And ultimately our, the impetus for us of our purpose was if no one ever listens to this, but our children, then we've succeeded um, because both of us had experienced loss, the loss of our dads. And all of a sudden we realized that, you know, I wish I had my dad's stories written down. I wish I had my dad's stories, you know, recorded to, to go back and to hear him. So if, if these, no one ever listens, but our children, we would have been a success because they'd have a treasure trove of, of stories of their dads, of us reflecting on our experiences our failures, things that we've learned, things that the Lord has has sharpened and changed us and challenged us, and conversations with interesting people doing the same thing, um, then they would have a treasure to go back and binge and listen to, and and something that would encourage them long after that we're here. So a, a big point of legacy and hope for us is is that, and and this far surpassed, far surpassed that, and and we've been so fortunate and. And having so much fun, we we love this this thing that we're doing this podcast. Because I, I seriously, I asked the questions like, do we need another podcast? There are lots and <laughs> yeah, lots of podcasts out there. So let's be very intentional about what we're trying to do and find out if anyone else is doing that. And then if no one else is doing that, then I'm on board. Yeah. And we well, didn't find anything. Well, yeah, and you know the whole thing about Brad, he he really does. He, he's a he's a musician. He's a he has such a rich baritone voice, and you know him reading these stories really brings them alive. Um, you know, and that's something that I wanted other people to to appreciate. Uh, and it, it, him reading them w- w- is a different feel than if I were to read my own stories. I think you know I think that Brad just really brings a, a different level uh, of professionalism to that. And um, you know we uh, you know. I don't know. He, he, he's, we actually, the first essay we wrote was about that fishing trip, but we actually didn't, we actually didn't run it until season two. And so, I mean, we had a whole season under our belt before that one even came out. And so we, um, yeah, that, that has, that has been a part of this whole journey and part of our, our purpose from the beginning. And, you know, we hope that other people will hear these things and, and follow suit, you know, and start reflecting writing. And even if they're not good at it, it's, is getting it on paper. And, you know, who's to say you're good at it or you're bad at it? You know, definitely not me, but it's, it's this idea of just getting it out there and telling that story and, and having something for others to, to appreciate and, um, and for your children, you know, that, that's, that's just the richness of storytelling. And, and Brad has said it before, it's this oral tradition that we're trying to reclaim, um, of storytelling. Well, I love all of that. And you guys mentioned a lot of things that I want to kind of circle back on, but um, going back to what you said uh, first, Brad, talking about being able to do this, just to have a collection of your stories for maybe even your kids one day. Um, when we started our show, it was real similar. You know, we were like, Hey, well, at least if it's just us talking and nobody else listens, maybe our kids will want to listen to it one day and hear about the crazy antics of their dad and uncle. But, um, 
Yeah, I'm, there was. He was mentioning that. I'm just hoping, like, I guess these things live on Apple Podcasts forever. Well, we've got well, you've got them. You've got them. I don't know if he has them or not. I don't know where they go. I just talk, and he makes sure it gets where it's supposed to go. So, but uh, but you were saying, you know, when you were talking about that, it reminded me so much. One of our favorite things to do with our own dad is to just sit around and listen to stories, and we've probably heard the same stories dozens of times, but we want to hear them again. It doesn't but matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And you know, like we yeah. we have a big family reunion coming up with our big extended family in North Carolina uh, here this summer. And one of the things I know we're going to do is we're going to sit around at our cousin's boat dock and listen to them tell the stories that we've heard 20 times. And we're going to laugh and cut up and love those things. Um, and so thinking about that, thinking about the fact that I just want to hear you guys speak on this and you call yourself the storied outdoors. You're talking about the fact that stories matter. Why do you think we are so drawn to these stories? You know, I think, I think about that and I think about, um, you know, we actually recently had a very similar conversation with a guest that will be on our podcast about, you know, um, I think, I think we are able to digest information, um, and maybe explain experiences to ourselves and kind of unpack what happened through stories. Um, you know, Jesus told stories to make a grander point. Um, parables and um, just you know examples. Pastors use illustrations to illustrate a a, a passage of scripture. Um, I think it really helps us to process things. Um, I know for for me, uh, these stories really have helped. It's been almost like a therapy session every time I sit down to write an essay, and I'm talking about my dad, or I'm talking about my children, I'm talking about whatever it is it's to really unpack these events, but not only that, but okay, what is the meaning behind these events? Not to over-spiritualize something, but to also just kind of say, okay, well, God, what did you teach me through that? Um, what, what did I learn through this situation? Did I learn to be a better dad? Did I learn to be a better fisherman? Um, still a long way to go on that one, but, um, <laughs> you know, these, <laughs> these stories really do help. They do help, um, process things. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh and dwelled among us. I mean, creation began as Word, and our Creator is this great storyteller. We are living in and part of a greater story. It is who we are. Stories resonate with us because we're part of a grander story. Stories resonate with us because he's writing a story and that's how we learn. I mean, it's true, Brian, you're, you're so you're right. We learn through metaphor and parable and it makes sense when it's told to us in a story, when we can step out of ourselves and look at something in front of us and then go, Oh yeah, well that makes total sense to me. I, I'm much more of a visual learner that way. If you, you tell me a reason, you know, in school, when I was in school as a kid, I'd go, you know, why, why is this important? So if somebody took me and said, well, here's a scenario where this math would help you. Well, then I'm way more apt to go, okay, well, it makes sense. There's a reason behind it. It's not for, you know, it's not a waste of time. It has purpose. So when we have story we can go, oh, that, that had purpose. Mm. Even our suffering has purpose, mm. uh, you know, in the kingdom. And so when we're able to tell it in a story and we can go, Oh, that's what you were up to. That's why 
you know, this happened that led to this and it taught me this and helped me get through this. So we need story. I've got one question that I want to, I guess I'll give it to Brad. You can go first maybe. And then, but I think we forgot to mention, or I would like for our listeners to be able to hear the story of, uh, you know, we're brothers. So we had no choice, but to kind of be together. Um, the, the story of you guys, have you always been friends long before the podcast? Where's the story of your relationship and how, how did that begin? Oh man. Yeah. That's yeah. We've been store, uh, friends for a long time. It's a good story. We, we grew up on sim. we're not far off the same road. I just realized mm-hmm. that Brian, I, I lived in Monroeville, Alabama, which is a mm-hmm. small town in Alabama and through Monroeville runs highway 84. Uh, for those of you that don't know, a lot of times you may not know uh, roads that go East and West. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or even numbers and that go north and south are odd numbers. 84 runs east and west across the lower part of the United States. And it ran right through where Brian grew up and close to, to, to Bruton, Alabama. And then you ended up, you ended up living in another part of Alabama as well. But mm-hmm. Brian was preaching at a youth camp called world changers, which we've talked about before. That's a commonality with, with you guys. Uh, and I was leading worship for that camp many years ago. More more years than I think we, we probably want to talk about. We 20. were a lot younger, a lot thinner. They say and, twenty, uh, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was twenty. Yeah. It was a hot minute. But we became we became fast friends and remained friends all that time. And um man, it was one of those things where we ended up, you know, we didn't fish together or anything like that for a long time, and then all of a sudden it was like, Hey, you wanna go fishing together? And, you know, we started doing some things together and hanging out more together. We went to a, uh, we went up to Hutchmoot, which is a, a conference that we're, we both really love. Andrew Peterson and the guys at the Rabbit Room put it on in Nashville. And he and I went to that. And that was, you know, really one of the catalysts for the podcast. It was a, a reigniting of, of creativity for both of us as writers and creators. And that, yeah, that predated that, the fishing trip that, that sparked the podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It got our wheels turning in, in a creative way. But, yeah, we've been friends for a very long time preached a bunch of those camps and events together and I led worship and we spent a good, a good summer together. That was the ignited our, our friendship. I sang in Brian's wedding and yep. uh, we've been friends, really, really good friends for a long time. Any other spin there, Brian, did he leave anything out? Did he miss anything from <laughs> man? No, I mean, that's, that's really, you know, and it's, it's, it's one of those friendships that just kind of happen, you know, when you're, when you're sleeping on the gym floors or in libraries and high school, <laughs> yes, yeah. you, you know, galvanizing yes. experience. We could do an episode just on world changer yeah, trips between the four of us for us. sure. And the uh, lessons you yeah. learn, the stories you can tell from, from oh that for sure. Or that shouldn't be told. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I look back on some of those times and sermons and I just think, gosh, thank you, Lord, for not striking me down. And like, <laughs> you know, you, thank you for your grace because yes. that was terrible. Uh, you know, hey, thank you, you know. Lord, there wasn't social media. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you aren't kidding. <laughs> no, but Brad was a phenomenal uh, musician and he had a band and, and I got to know those guys really well. And, you know, and, and it's one of those friendships, you know, we never have lived in the same city. Um, but it's been one of those that we've kind of cultivated and it's just at times, uh, Brad has been more intentional than I have about keeping it going. And then I was, uh, you know, more intentional sometimes than he was, but then after kind of 2019, we really just been, man, it's almost a daily conversation that we just Mm -hmm. keep going. And it's so funny. It's one of those things that's like, 
we have a conversation going on in Instagram direct message, but we also have a text message going, and those are not the same conversations. So if you ever crisscross them, it's like, what in the world? What are you what doing? Happening? What are you be- talking about? What that doesn't belong here. Thing I sent you. <laughs> Send me the thing in the in the thing. You know? That is great. But, yeah, it, it's been a it's been a fun thing. It's, you know, I don't have a whole lot of friendships that have been twenty years or more, and Brad's one of them. That's really special. Um, yeah, and I mean the way you guys got connected and then being able to stick together that long. And uh, one of the things, you know, this love for story, this love for the outdoors is obviously a catalyst for your relationship. Um, Our podcast is all about fly fishing. That's what we talk a lot about. And you guys love to do that. But I'm going to be honest, you're in Alabama. And all I could think of is when I, well, the first time I ever listened to your podcast, I, and and Josh was sending it to me, it was one of your fly fishing uh, episodes. You had somebody talking about fly fishing. And I was like, what is there to fly fish for in Alabama? Like, where does that even happen? And uh, I have learned through your podcast a lot about fly fishing over there. So, how did you guys, I want to hear that story. How did you guys find fly fishing for the first time? I went up to North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. No, I mean I'm serious. Yeah. Man. Me and uh, me and a group of guys, we have been hanging out for you know we we would do a guys trip every every year. And um, one you know my friend Andy, uh, you know he he and I have been been doing this for years. And he was like, hey, why don't we try fly fishing? And so we went up to uh, Bryson City and we were we were on the Tuckasegee. Yeah. And um, man, Fontana guides they put us on some trout. They they gave us waders. They gave us um. You know, they gave us the the gear and all this stuff. And, you know, and I caught a trout and I was like, you know, this thing was like five inches long. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is amazing. You know, I think it was actually a chub. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, this is amazing. These fish have horns, you know. Um, That's awesome. And so <laughs> I, I think I caught, I think I ended up catching some more rainbows in that, in that little same little hole. But um, from there, I was like, you know what, this is pretty cool. And, you know, I, I I started kind of getting into it. And every time I would fly fish, I would go up to, and we have a friend that lives in Scottsboro. His name is Ben. And we would go up on the Elk River in Tennessee. And then, um, you know, I, anytime I'd get a chance to go up to the mountains, I would do it. And then I started kind of getting into this culture of fly fishing with Alabama guys. And it's like, oh, wait a second. There's, there's fish here that we can catch on a fly. And, you know, and it just, man, one after another, just learning from these guys, like you were talking about earlier, you know, we're learning, we're constantly learning. There are so many amazing, uh, fly tires and fishermen here in the state. Um, and they, you know, they catch tons of amazing fish and, and I'm just constantly learning from them. But, um, you know, once you start to catch, you know, I, fish like bass that I caught all my life, I caught, uh, you know, you start catching those on a fly and it's like, Oh wow! You know that that pound and a half, two pound bass feels a little bit different on a three weight. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that's fun stuff right there. <laughs> that's a lot of fun. That pulled my kayak around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you what know, about? for me, it's is very almost cliche. I was in college uh, at the University of Mobile, small Baptist college down in Mobile, and uh, I went to school there. Got a bachelor's of Christian studies. I was one of those guys that was. I'm not a worship leadership major because we didn't have that, but that was something that I wanted to do. So I wanted to learn how to, you know, study the Bible and 
So, you know, down there, University of Mobile is right here in the north part of Mobile County and a big piece of property that the the school sits on that was donated to the school and a lot of woods. But right behind the school was, uh, is still uh, the Chickasabogue uh, Creek that, that flows uh, all the way down into uh, the, the north part of Mobile Bay. Um, and so lots of water, but this was like within walking distance of my little dorm. I was an RA too. We talked about that on our episode. I was an RA on campus there. Um, times. but you know, people, you know, fly fishermen will, will, will bash it sometimes, but I watched a river runs through it and was captivated by Norman McLean's writing. Um, deeply moved by the story is such a sad story. Um, of a, a brother trying to help another brother. And the thing they had in common was, was fly fishing. They had a Presbyterian pastor for a dad. And I was captivated by that story. And it was so, so beautiful to watch what they were doing. There was an art to it. It wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't, you know, throwing a spinnerbait, you know, as, as far as you could and ripping it, you know, like, there's nothing wrong with that. But there was an art to this that was different to me. It was very, very appealing. And um, I found, uh, I ended up getting some cheap fly rod, you know. I, I remember where it may be Walmart, you know, or something something real cheap. But it was really a brim buster with a fly reel on it. <laughs> and uh, and I just taught myself how to fish down there in a really difficult place to fish because it's, there's no room for a bat cast um, in, in these waters. You know, there's a couple of spots maybe that you could, you know, could get a little two and ten on a on a four beat count. But, uh, but I told myself cast a, action. a lot of roll casting. So I got real good at the roll cast. Wish I had a spay rod back then, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and just fell in love with it. And that was when college. And so when we traveled and played music as a, as a band, I kept it with me. And so we would find ourselves, I did some world changers projects up in Cherokee, you know? And, and so I would, on my little day off, I'd go get me a little trout pass for the day and I'd wade fish there. You know, all around where we where we were fishing, and uh, man, I just utterly love it. Well, I'm I'm very intrigued. What what were you catching in that creek? That's running. I mean, that's what was the first species you were catching right there. Now I just want to know what you were in, getting in right, Alabama. Yeah, right there in that college creek. <laughs> Bass and brim. Um, I snagged a gar one time. <laughs> that's that <was> awesome. terrifying. <laughs> I can imagine. You know, like a freaking dinosaur. Time to cut, time to cut the line, man. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, it, it that, did it for me, you know, because they got yeah, a freaking teeth. chainsaw oh, yeah. in their mouth. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, um, they do. You know, Alabama is called like the uh, Amazon, America's Amazon. I mean, there are more species of fish here in Alabama than it is in the whole in a, any other state now in the in the country. Yeah, most and, diverse fishery in the country. Wow, yeah, that's right. wild. I didn't realize that. That's really cool. Yeah, and you can catch. I, I would think you'd probably catch every one of them on a uh, on a fly rod. Any, I mean, I any, caught a, any of the sport fish uh, yeah. you could catch on a fly rod. I would caught a catfish on a fly rod once. Big one. Wow. Dude. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I mean, you, you could start in Mobile down here where I live and you could catch redfish, you could catch triple tail, you can catch uh, flounder, you know, spe- speckled trout and flounder, all, all, all kinds of stuff. You know, then you could move up into any of the freshwater and catch bass and brim, striped bass. We've actually got a couple of places in Alabama that the tailwaters of some rivers that have trout. Okay. Yeah. yeah so they're stocking trout at the base yeah. of dams where the water's good and cold. That's cool. So a myriad of bass species up up into Brian's neck of the woods where they have the red eye bass and spotted bass, all the way up to where, you know, near Wade in uh, uh, 
just over the Tennessee line where there's uh, there's smallmouth bass. Yeah. Well, uh, you guys, you, you mentioned his name just now. Uh, listening to your show, uh, we met uh, Wade Blevins through your show, and uh, we've actually had him on our show. And, like, you guys just exposed me to, like, man, maybe I need to go fishing in Alabama a little bit more. And You uh, absolutely so, do. Come on down, man. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I learned a lot from listening to you guys and from listening to him. Um, I mean, you got some incredible the, – the, like, red-eye bass, it's, like, pretty spectacular, right? And it's, like – it's they say it's like similar to like a brook trout or something like that in some ways. I think yeah, I was, Alabama brook trout. Yeah, that's yeah, what I've heard. Alabama brook trout. They they live they live in very similar places. Um, you know, uh, Dr. Matt Lewis he he wrote the book on it, and um, man, I learned I've learned a lot about that that species through him and through some of the uh, things he's written. But you know, I mean, it's oh my gosh, man! You talk about something exploding on top of the water. Yeah. Yes. You get one of those Sam's one bugs that Wade talks about. And you put it with a red eye bass and it blows up on it. You don't have to wait. It's not like you're gonna get him out of the hole and like you know fish it a few times. If it's in there, it's <laughs> He's mad coming. and it's coming out. Oh, I like it. Angry little, little you Napoleon. To, you have to trout set. <laughs> do you, like do you strip set that or hum- trout set that? Oh, we probably you hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. What's crazy and what really drew me to you to you guys is, I mean, Alabama has a special place for us. Um, being that, you know, our, our grandfather kind of pastored all over Alabama. Yeah. Um, our, our mom and dad have spent some time in, in different parts of Alabama. My mom grew up all over Alabama as a, as a preacher's kid. And, uh, you know, hearing you, you have an early essay, I'm pretty sure, Brian, you may correct me if I'm wrong, about Lake, there's some stories about Lake Gunnersville that, that I've heard through your show. And I could remember my grandfather taking me at a young age out on his boat on Lake Gunnersville, um, mm-hmm. from Albertville. And I was immediately just connected to, to what you guys do, um, even more as I began to listen and just the way that you intermingle the two. And, and that's what I would tell folks to check out your show because our, our show is, you know, it always has something to do with fly fishing, but you've also had some just amazing shows that, uh, that deal with other parts of the outdoors. Yeah. Um, you know, you retelling about your family's vacation uh, recently, and uh, and some of the bike rides and things like that really really hit home, and, and they of, have a great story. One of my favorite stories uh, that you guys have had on was your couple that uh, rode out the hurricane in a sailboat. Oh my gosh, yeah. the snow groves! Oh my yeah, gosh, Jamie and Morgan Man. they they went, uh, they they went to my church for a long time. They just moved, but yeah, that was terrible. I mean, it was terrifying because I I knew where they were because we were, yeah. you know we were keeping up with them and. So like I got a, he sent me a pin as to where they you know where they were they were in Ingram's Bayou and I'm watching that thing and I'm like oh my goodness man they thought they were running away from the storm and they ran to it straight into it yeah I mean but just hearing that 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 story just captivated me um, and then the way you guys approach it and uh, being able to draw different parts out of the story and then being able to reflect on how that whole moment kind of changed them like that that's what I love about your guys show. Like you well, take it, you do a really good job. I, I told Caleb when I first started listening, I was like, "Look, these guys are are really good. Um, they're a lot probably more professional and more organized than we are when we were starting our show." I said, "So uh, listen to this show. Maybe we could get a few tips on how to yeah, make our show better for sure." Did. You you tell the story in in such a cool way through your interviews or through your essays. Um, but I wanted to ask you because you ask us the same question. 
how do you go about finding these stories? Some of these guests that you get on, you know, we kind of have a, you know, we're looking for fly fishermen, we're looking for fathers, but you guys go so many different places. Um, mm. how, how do you how do you go about doing that? There, um, man, you know, Brian said in the when he coined his, you know, our, our podcast somewhere between Lewis and Tolkien and Lewis and Clark, which is sort of this vague vague space of we can tell fictional stories and talk to authors who write books um and you know especially uh, books like a, a tolkien or a lewis and anything in that sort of world that that uses a fantasy but also tells a story so much of lewis's writings are are you know are allegorical and really helpful to help us to understand um you know deeper certainly very deep theological um points and understand God's word better. But then there, there are experiences that are incredible that we come across and people that, you know, and, and there was a, there was a quote that we, uh, that we found, uh, I think it was a Tolkien quote. Is that right, Brian? That yeah, was the untold some, story. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it here if I remember it. Yeah. Let's see. Um, the, there is something that there are stories. Is that, it the, is it the one told? Is it the one on your on your website? I was looking at a minute ago. A story must be yep. told, or there'll be no story. It is the untold stories that are most That's moving. It. That's yeah. right. Love that. And so I, I'm often looking for what's the what, what are untold stories? What mm-hmm. what are the stories that that people haven't heard, like the snow groves? I mean, who would know the snow groves? I mean, yeah, I they're, not, they're not they're not influencers. They're not yeah. this this famous couple, right. but. What an incredible story. I mean, and, and and that's what Brad's talking about. That's what we look for. And, you know, a lot of these people are, are friends of ours. Mm. You know, I mean, there's some famous people that we're, we wouldn't call them our friends. But it's also like, you know, some most of them are. You yeah. know, most of them have really great stories that are just people who you know in your church or who you work with. Or it's like those stories matter, too, just as much as the ones who get all the press of, of you know the the New York Times bestsellers, and you're yeah, giving I mean, some of the some of those are the best stories. Yeah, you're yeah. giving them a voice for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think about Courtney, uh, yeah. Courtney Munson, and uh, you know, I mean, gosh, you ran a hundred miles. Yeah, you know, and what was interesting is, uh, you know, sort of behind the curtain, uh, after the you know the initial recording, I was like, man, I wish I wish we would have gone back and asked her this. A particular question, and so we asked her, "Would she be willing to come back on and, and talk one more time?" Just to, I wanted to double click on something, and and it was really like, "Why did you learn so?" There was so much more in the race that she did not finish, mm-hmm. not the one that she did, and it was sort of in the failure that the greater lesson was. Yeah. That was the one you remembered more. It wasn't it wasn't the victory. It wasn't the one she finished. Ultimately, like, it was cool that it led to her finishing, but. The best stuff was not the the victory. The best stuff was the failure. Um, she, you know, she had to pull out at mile eighty for oh my gosh, like to stop at mile eighty. But mm-hmm. that was phenomenal. But who, you know, no one really knows Courtney. Mm-hmm. We do. We knew that. You know, we knew that she did that. So it was really cool for her to have voice and be able to say, "Here's what I learned. I can do hard things." Yeah. And for other people to go, maybe I can do hard things too. And, uh, and it was really good. You know, the first one we, we interview that we started with was, was Courtney. And it was such a great way to really get the ball rolling is to find those kinds of stories. Like my friend, Bart Valley, yeah. Bart was, uh, he played drums for me at my church. 
Um, but our, you know, we live on the Gulf coast and so there, there's a big coast guard base here. And so a lot of, a lot of people that, uh, that rotate through, you know, every few years on in the coast guard, cause they, they rotate every four years to another post. And, and Bart was here. He's in flight mechanic on the MH 60 or the black Hawk helicopters. If you've ever seen those for the coast guard and, you know, they're always, we see them here, but people interior, you know, that live in, you know, Memphis maybe, or, you know, Montana, they have no idea who the Coast Guard is or what do they do, but they flew into Hurricane Harvey in Houston, Texas. And, you know, he got a presidential commendation for rescuing over a hundred lives. Yeah. And, uh, no one's ever heard Bart's story. His family has, I knew that happened, but man, it was such a cool thing to be able to share with people. You know, I think Joshua, I think you said it earlier. It's like listening, you know, listening to other people, you start to kind of hear, man, there's a story there and mm-hmm. people need to hear that, you know, and it's just kind of like putting others before yourself. It's that kind of that whole attitude of your, Philippians your too. <laughs> yeah, your story right. is important. Your story matters. Your, your story yeah. is, is worth telling and um, kind of giving people a space to do that. Um, you know, we're, we're always looking for stories and, you know, and, and I think we mentioned it um, whenever we were interviewing you guys. Some of the most listened to stories are the ones are, are people who've never they've never heard of, yeah. uh, or you know you've never heard of Hugh Cheek, but listening to him tell his story about his two daughters mm-hmm. um, passing away, that's by far our most listened to episode. And um, just how fly fishing and being outdoors has allowed him to process this incredible tragedy that has happened to him and his family and it's just if you listen people a lot of people have stories that are not being told and and they need a voice i think that's so true and uh, you just hit on it you know everybody's got a story that's worth telling and uh i think i know one of the things that's really inspired me from your guys show is to try to figure out how to tell my own stories Mm -hmm. um and uh and I think anybody that listens to your show will probably pick up on that. And so it's been uh, challenging. It's inspired me to try to want to start writing my own stories. Uh, you know, we do a podcast that we record some of our stories on, but the writing has definitely always been a, uh, it's been something I've wanted to pursue, but I think one of you were kind of mentioning this earlier, you know, I'm probably scared to chase after it because I'm scared it's going to be terrible. Mm. So what encouragement would you give to someone who does have a story to tell, who, who should write their story, who should try to tell their story? Um, what encouragement would you give for the people who are probably out there saying like, ah, my story's not that good. Man, you know, I would I would say just stop listening to the lies that your story is not that good. You know, it's your story. Who's to say it's good or bad? Um, you know, God's given you this story and he and he's he's given it to you for a reason. Write it down, you know, and if it needs a little tweaking, give it to somebody that you trust that's going to help to to help you to tell that story. Um you know, I, I think that the gift of writing is the desire to write. It's not the ability to write. It's it's this idea that, man, I've got something burning in my bones that I got to get out and I got to put it on paper. And and that's you know, if somebody likes it, awesome. If they don't, move on. 
you know, it's your, your story is your story. And, and I would just encourage anybody not just to go through life making experiences, but really figuring out what these experiences mean and how they are shaping you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing that has got me driven to want to write these stories down. I think you were saying it a minute ago. Uh, it's almost an act of therapy, like to slow down and, mm-hmm. and reflect on, okay, what actually took place and what does that actually mean for my life? Or is there, is there something there? Um, and if we don't ever pause to reflect on these stories or reflect on what's taking place, we miss out on a whole lot. We miss out on a lot of opportunities in my opinion. And uh, I don't know if you could speak to that or not, or how you've seen that take place, maybe in the people that you've had on your show. Um, who have been able to tell their stories and maybe for the first time been like, wow, this is the first time I've had to pause and actually think about this. Yeah. You know, I love, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of books and I read, I I read a lot of books. Um, I took to heart, you know, sometime, sometime ago, someone told me it's like leaders or readers. Yeah. Um, And it's such a, you know, great pithy little saying, but it's true. And uh, so just constantly learning and, and so I, uh, for church, a lot of times I read a lot of theological books and a lot of, you know, stuff about, you know, parenting, you know, books and different things about, you know, developmental stuff and all of Sometimes that stuff starts to sound the same and I need a break. And so I'll alternate uh, from those books to, you know, you know, some kind of a fantasy book like a Lord of the Rings or, you know, whatever it may be, Andrew Peterson's, you know, wing feather book, something just sort of mindless that that's a fictional story. And then I'll, I'll move from that to something historical, um, a historical book to just help me get me into thinking we would not have uh books like ronald c white's and american ulysses if grant didn't take time to write letters yeah. and write in his journal mm-hmm. we wouldn't have books about lincoln if lincoln didn't take time to write down his thoughts we wouldn't have memoirs from eugene peterson we wouldn't have memoirs from anyone undaunted courage and you know Stephen F. Ambrose talking about Lewis and Clark from Undaunted mm-hmm. Courage. We would not have those if those guys didn't journal. Yeah. Um, and so the podcast world in general is going to be the place that historians come back to. Twitter, unfortunately, is going to be a place where people come back to Sadly, to see yeah. what people were thinking, what people were talking about on a timeline because you have this living timeline, right? So. For us, I think it's really important to interject some truth and some goodness. If historians come back and find ours, maybe they'll find something worth talking about. Hopefully that the Lord has, has used this to to teach us, and then that will that ripple thing. Will it or will it won't? I don't know if that's the case or not, but I, that's something I certainly hope for. And I, as I look at the world today, I think about you know, we don't write things down very well. Mm. Um, we don't journal very well, but people, you know, people vlog and people have, you know, there's a, a, just a world of, of video and Instagram. And that's, that's the place that historians will come to because that's where people were, were cataloging their thoughts. We're cataloging and, uh, archiving what's going on in the world. And for me, like, this is our digital journal. This is our digital, this is our way of, of bringing together, like you said, I think you said it when we were talking on with them on the other part of this podcast was this is an oral tradition that happens to be digitally recorded and 
and it's going across the world. So we're taking part in that. And absolutely. I mean, we have had times you, you mentioned them earlier. I mean, Jamie told me, he's like, you know, I haven't really stopped and told that story. I hadn't stopped and thought through that night. We've had we that happen it. a couple of times. Yeah. We, awesome. we made it through, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we didn't stop to think about it. And so we achieved, you know, one of the things with a guest that we hoped for is that's, let's stop and reflect on that happened. Why did that happen? And what was God teaching me? So one thing I want to ask you guys before we get into um, a little bit of you both being fathers is one thing we talk about a lot on our show, um, Caleb and I, brothers, this podcast has has just strengthened our relationship. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, you guys, and talk about being friends for 20 years, but how is the podcast? And, you know, we, we, we joke back and forth because sometimes you don't ever want it to be, and we, we don't say it's it's not work. But there's days where Caleb, I know I just need to leave him alone because, like, I'm just, dude, I got this guest. Dude, dude we got this. And he just, I can tell I need to leave him alone. Um, but that's my, that's me. But uh, how has it strengthened your friendship um, through this journey? Man, I'll speak to that 100%. You know, I think that relationships grow whenever trust grows. Mm-hmm. And, and I have learned over the last – three years four years since 2019 probably you know when brad and our relationship kind of took it to the next level with this collaboration to that i can trust brad more and more every time uh he's 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 a he's he's one of those guys that i whenever he says something i know that there's something behind it and it's like okay let me figure out what is why why is he saying this because i know that it's not just all you know off 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 the cuff he's he's intentional and being able to learn to trust more and more over the years over the last 20 years has made that relationship stronger and we've even said it from the beginning of this whole thing our relationship is more important than this podcast yeah Yeah, man you know to be able to sit down and i mean open yourself up you know collaboratively you know when we're sitting down and writing these stories i mean there is a uh you know, I know that this word carries a connotation that people don't like all that much, but there is an intimacy of like, I'm exposing myself and my thoughts and Brian's, you know, so, um, gentle as we work through telling these stories and crafting a story that matters. And we want to make sure we do it with excellence and we're saying the right things in the right way and artfully. And man, it's, man, it's brought us together. You know, there is that trust there that, uh, you know, I know that I can, I can trust him and he knows that I can, you know, I trust him. So there's this mutual collaboration and that's really what collaboration takes. And, and it's really to be able to open yourself up and, and have, you know, for dads that are out there, you don't always need to tell your wife everything. Mm-hmm. Your wife doesn't need to hear everything. Sometimes there, you need a, a guy to hear some of the things that just the guys need to hear. Um, and that's not, I mean, I don't tell my wife, especially when it comes to church stuff, mm-hmm. you know, as a pastor, like well, she, and and you, you, know that. you don't want to burden her that. with certain unnecessary things. That's right. So like, you got to have somewhere to go. And so you know, Brian's definitely, I think we've been that for one another is just yep. a sounding board and life in general, just outside of the just podcast. To, just to echo on that. I mean, I, we, we feel this way through doing this show and you guys doing in the same type of spirit. Men need men in their lives, mm-hmm. 
And uh, and so you said that word intimacy and and that togetherness. It I think for too long it was you know you know men shouldn't cry together or men shouldn't have this just deep conversations together and they they need that. I mean it's it can be done around a campfire, it can be done on a stream side on a boat, uh, driving to and from the river, and and that's so important. And so I know that's important to you guys. It's been important to us as we built the show and and connected with more and more people that we need each other and uh, just. Hearing your show, you can tell how good you guys and how uh, passionate you are about your relationship with each other, as well as you know sharing these stories. Yeah, and that's that's twenty years, you know, of oh, yeah. friendships. Sure. And you know, what, what I always found it funny is we we would be sort of disconnected for a little while, and and and, and either he would go, I need to call Brad, or I would I would think, you know, I need to call Brian, or something would make me think or make me laugh, and I would think, oh man, Brian would think that's funny, and so I'll give him a call. And that, you know, that's something I do in general. That's just part of who I am is if I think of someone, I'm probably going to stop in that second, either shoot a text or give them a call. That's just sort of how I'm made up pastorally. It serves me well Yeah. is if I think about someone, I'm just going to call them and go, Hey man, I was just thinking about you. How are you doing? What's going on? And, and every time it was like, we just picked up right where we left off awesome. months ago, <laughs> whatever, you know? And so. And so, like, I think part of that, we're kindred spirits and, uh, you know, we, we became friends quickly and have stayed friends. And so when it, it serves us very well as a chemistry, when it comes to interviewing and, and, um, knowing where someone's going in a conversation and, you know, picking up, you know, and riffing. And so it's just like, you know, musicians that play together all of the time, you start to get this sort of, uh, intuition as to what a drummer is about to do. Or a drummer picks up, you know, as a leader, you know, as I led worship, I had drummers that, you know, they even kind of picked up on my, you know, body language as to what we were about to do, if I'm going to repeat a chorus or whatever it may be. And so that's just repetition of time together. And I mean, that I feel that, and, and that's a lot of fun for me when we're in an interview and we're talking to someone and there's this like, boom, there's this seamless like eye contact. We're in different cities and we're, we're like we are now on Zoom. And it was like, boom, man, we got in a groove and we knew where we were going and I didn't have to tell him anything. Now, sometimes we'll obviously we'll text and go, oh, man, we kind of got off. And, you know, you pick up where, you know, where we got off there and we'll get back on. But there's oftentimes where we don't do that. We, we stopped at the end of it. We go, dude, that was so good. Um, and, you know, we had a plan, but a lot of it was chemistry and that was, man, our friendship has grown in that and it's getting better and better. Love that. And, uh, just, that's so refreshing to hear about just relationships like that, that still exist and can take place. Well, and, it's um, impressive too, because we're usually in the same room. So we're like hitting each other, tapping yeah, each other, man, knowing what they, they're doing it over. We do hand signals <laughs> under the table. Yeah, we're, so <laughs> that's pretty impressive. You're figuring it all out. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Real you know, touch my, if I touch my nose, then you go here. So, um, yeah, I think that is, uh, that's pretty, like I said, it's just refreshing to hear that kind of relationship, you know, just existing, to be honest with you. Um, just uh, that you guys have been friends for that long and that you're able to uh, now enjoy this stuff together. Um, I want to transition now into uh, what we love talking about. Uh, you guys are both dads um, and uh, you're both fly fishermen. They're the perfect guests. Uh, they are they, the perfect They hit guests. all three. You hit all three. <laughs> definitely men of faith. And uh, would love to hear, though, about, um, your experiences and maybe even some of your stories about getting your kids into these wonderful storied outdoors. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so good. I mean, part of my, you know, my job is, 
you know, of transition from, uh, you know, being a worship leader to this role of, of family pastor and walking with families and parents, you know, through what does it mean to be the primary disciple or of, uh, of their home yeah. and, and how do I equip them and, and empower them? And, you know, I, I'm, I've got a, a family commitment seminar coming up where a bunch of new parents with little newborns and they all have bags under their eyes and, and they're exhausted. And, you know, I just get to love on them. And, and I tell them quickly, you know, out of the gate, I was like, man, the guy, you know, I took the place of a guy um, that, man, he was the shortest guy on our staff, but he was a giant. Um, his name was Mark Powell and um, well loved. Guy, well loved, godly, godly man. And he was our family pastor and he passed away uh, from esophageal cancer in uh, during COVID, which was terrible. Thanks. Um, it was a, it was a really terrible time for all of us because we went into lockdown and we essentially didn't see him again. Um, and we, you know, we didn't even get to, we had a funeral months later, you know, it was just a lot of people experienced that kind of loss and, and so we're still kind of growing from that. But when they asked me to do this job as I was like, I can't be Mark. He's, you know, 56 years old. He's got grown kids who all love Jesus and are, you know, he discipled them and they're, you know, they're great. He's just a sort of model dad, not perfect, but very much a model dad. And I was like, Dave, I'm still figuring this out, man. I mean, my, I've never had a 12 year old little girl, you know, <laughs> I've never done this before. And so I'm quick to tell my parents, it's like, listen, I'm not, don't, look up here and see professional, you know, you're, he's a pastor. He's the, pref, he's a professional dad. You know, he's got this all together. It's like, I do not. Um, I'm figuring it out and I'll, I'll walk with you, you know, and I'll show you, I'll share with you where I've messed up. And, um, and so that's what we're doing. And that's, you know, as a parent, you know, I'm, I'm learning, learning things. I'm reading some things. I've, I've come across a handful of books and go, man, I wish I'd have got that 10 years ago. That'd have been very helpful to know that, you know, uh, we're, you know, currently reading a book called the whole brain child, which is a, um, you know, it's a pediatric psychiatry, but it's not even a Christian book, but it's just talking about brain development for children and where they are when they, you know, why they're pitching a, you know, fit, you know, because this part of their brain hadn't developed yet. You know, they don't have reason. I was like, man, I wish I had a, you know, I was doing dumb stuff. I was like, why are you losing your junk right now? You know, <laughs> reasoning and, uh, with a three wish, or four year old, yeah. right? Like, makes yeah, a lot of sense. <laughs> why am I reasoning? They don't even have that development yet. So, um, so now I'm able to, you know, tell my parents, I'm like, hey, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. And, and walk with them. And so I certainly don't have it all together. And, but man, for me, one of the ways I've gotten my kids into, uh, you know, into the outdoors is every summer we're doing our very best to expose them to one of our great national parks. Um, that's sort of cliche, I think, but I'm okay with that. Um, um, it's cliche we, for a we, reason. Yeah, we went, you know, we went to Disney, you know, years ago. It was great. I loved it. I, I love, you know, I love Disney and Star Wars and all that stuff, uh, you know. All those stories are near and dear. We had a great time. It was very expensive. And I was like, man, we could, if we spent that same money, we could go some really cool places yeah. that don't have any lines. <laughs> Not to interrupt you, but uh, my friends are at Disney, um, and they were telling me what they spent. And my head went to, I can take both of my kids and wife to Belize, and we can buy. Like, my head went immediately there to, like, yeah. bonefish for four days. Yeah, so so that's kind of, you know, my and – 
I did a wedding. You know, if you listen to the podcast I talked about, I got to officiate a wedding in uh, in Montana, and uh, my wife got to go with me, and um, and it was there when she saw Glacier National Park. Oh wow! She's like, man, we we need to bring our kids here, and so we started small. We you know we we got them up to um, the Smokies, which was an easy you know an easy trip for us, a car ride trip. You know that wasn't too terrible. Um, we got to do a little bit uh, of fishing. We we didn't have any luck because you know my son's you know attention span is not really long enough to really fish um, just yet, and we did we had limited time uh, to do that. But we did a lot of hiking and and it was great. And then um, and then this past year we got to go out there. We road trip to the Rockies. Awesome. And, uh, we had a Rocky Mountain road trip, and my son got to catch his first uh, his first trout. It was a brown trout. We know it was a wild one because brown trout haven't been stocked there in the Rockies since the seventies. It's a great episode. You need to plug it. I don't know which one. I don't know what number Brian might have it pulled up, but <laughs> it's a great it's a great episode. I listened to that one and uh, you recapping that trip. Yeah, it's so much fun, and the kids got to see these amazing animals, and the Rockies are they're beautiful, and um, so to see them. You know, look up. I mean, we rode Trail Ridge Road, and you're up above ten thousand feet. And you know, for episode fifty six, by the way. Oh, nice, nice. Um, to see them have this awe on yeah. their face of, oh my goodness, this doesn't even seem real. Mm-hmm. Um, that was worth it for me. That, that that's the, what we want to do. That's what I want to do. Like the, those are stories that they still tell, and they will tell. And um. Yeah, I can't wait for them to tell their version of that, you know, that experience one sure. day and then recall that. But yeah, those those are a, a few of the things that that we're doing that I'm doing anyway. Yeah, and um as far as far as my children go, they're they're a little younger than Brad's. I have a 6-year-old and a 8-year-old, uh 6-year-old daughter and 8-year-old son and um you know, I started uh I started Charles, my son, out on a uh, little little broom buster, fishing with a, a bobber and a cricket, uh, sitting on the little retaining wall on the uh, on Lake Gunnersville, and uh, catching some little red, you know, little red-breasted sunfish and just uh, anything that would bite. You know, the thrill of the day was if a catfish were to wander <laughs> by and, and, and hey, take those, them for a ride. Those are the gateway drug, right? That's the gateway drug. That's it. Correct. That's what Wade says. You are correct. I have that sticker right in there somewhere. I have that sticker right around the corner here. So I've got this little video of Charles. Is a you know he may have been three, two, three years old, just giving me a cricket out of a little you know little basket and a you know so started them out young and just kind of you know if they wanted to, I just learned to not say no. If it was anything outdoors, yeah. I was just don't say no, like go for that. You know, don't, don't make it longer than it has to be. It could be for five minutes, but those five <laughs> minutes, you can pack a lot of things oh, in five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, uh, we started kind of slowly once he got a little older and you know, we have a, a kayak and, and where we live on, not where we live, where our, our, my in-laws lake house is on Lake Gunnersville. There's a little, little tree around the little, uh, little point there that every July, Early July, there's a, a mayfly hatch, and the whole nice. tree. I'm I'm talking about thousands of mayflies, and so I, you know I've tried to set them up for success. So I I, I try to I tied them on a little hopper dropper, and um, 
a little three weight. And so I'd, I'd paddle out there with my kayak and, uh, you know, literally the first cast he ever had on his fly rod, he caught a little brim. And then I was like, man, this is great. I had it on video and all that stuff. And then the second cast, he caught two in one cast and, and like he had one on the hopper and one on the dropper. That's yes. And so he, he looked at me and said, Hey daddy, have you ever caught two in one cast? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've only been doing this one time. I'm already better yeah. than you. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, just giving them little little bits of success yeah. and not feeling like, man, as a as a little little kid, they're not gonna s- sit in a boat for hours. They're mm-hmm. not gonna sit in a tree stand for hours. Um, my daughter, she loves to go out there and she'll cast and cast and cast and she'll catch something every now and then. And, you know, if we go hunting, she'll make me leave my rifle at home and take my camera, you know? And so what I've realized is it doesn't matter what we're doing, but the fact that we're doing it together, Mm -hmm. you know, that's where the bonding is taking place and we're doing it in the outdoors and they're seeing things and they're hearing things. And I'm trying to be intentional more more recently since they're a little bit older they're starting to kind of understand a little bit more it's like hey did you hear that bird you know can you tell me what kind of bird that is did you see that whatever that was um can you tell me what kind of tree that is can you tell me um you see the the little circle in the water there can you tell me what that is you know that's an eddy you know and so it's just these little things that they may pick up on and they'll start to appreciate things more because they're being a little bit more observant and so it's like you know, just being intentional about when we're out there being present, you know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter what you're doing when you're out there. And, and it doesn't matter if you're catching fish or if you're not catching fish, man, there's been tons of times when not, my dad and I, we, we would go fishing. We would just get skunked, you know, it just wasn't our day. That never happens to us. But, like never. Getting yeah. skunked. We don't ever get skunked. No, you, never. You guys, I need to, I need to come up there. That, was, that was totally, uh, that yeah. was sarcasm. Definite sarcasm. We got skunked the other day. We took say. both kids. They just threw rocks and tried to break that ice for an hour. There was like this yeah. sheet of ice in the water and my, our two sons just went at it with rocks and we just cast it for They'll remember that forever. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, they will. My son talks about it all the time. Break, Dad, like ice breaking? Can we go break the ice again? Yeah. Yeah. Can we go break the ice? Never mind the fact you got, you know, thousand dollars worth of gear in the truck. Yeah, exactly. But you made a great... Go ahead. There's a, an article a friend of mine uh, we've had on the show, actually. Dave Dave Kakish is his name, and mm-hmm. Dave shared this article with me. It was, uh, I think it was in the New York Times, but it was the, it's called The Myth of Quality Time. Mm. And essentially what he asserts is there's no such that you can't schedule quality time. You can only have quantity of time. And when you have a quantity of time, eventually quality time will happen. I love you know, that. You can't, you can't just put it on the calendar, That's right? Good stuff. You know, you, yeah. Your kid doesn't just autumn. You you say, all right, we're going to do this tonight for these two hours, and they're going to definitely open up and tell you their deepest darkest. Yeah. It's not. It's not going to happen that way. It's going to be on the way to school. Yeah. In the car, and out of the blue, they're going to say, Bleh. they're going to just tell you something, or it's going to. Uh, it's come out of nowhere yeah. and it's because you spend quality quantity of time, not, yeah, and then quality time shows up. Yeah. It's, and it's, uh, I always think about that is how can we, how can we, you know, like you said, you said the word, the key word for me and my parents, one of my elders told me my buddy, Chris Inman, Chris is man, one of my favorite guys. He's a dear friend of mine. He says, Brad, teach your parents to be present mm-hmm. with your families 
and safe. If you can be a safe place for your kids and present, then you're going to be all right. I was like, mm, that's a pretty good word. That's yeah, good. We talk about that all the time with our parents at our church. It's, it's time over time that matters. Um, it's that it's that consistently showing up over and over and over again. And it kind of goes back to what Brown was saying earlier about like your guys' relationship. Uh, it's where uh, – where trust grow, where trust grows, relationships grow, and uh, I think yeah. kids have to experience that even with their parents, um, and especially as they grow into those kind of middle school teenage ages, which are very difficult. Um, as that trust is built, that's where that relationship grows. And and there's no better place that I mean, Brian. I just want to come back to something you said. I'll take that as my tip from from this episode. Is sometimes we assume because we're on the water all the time. Oh, that's an eddy. Oh, I should cast there. Oh, wh- why are we not waiting in this spot? Because it's more dangerous. Man, just I- I'll think about that. Like the knowledge we can give yeah. to our to our kids when we're out there. Um, I would not have a clue what bird sounded like, but but <laughs> but just some. Even like when we catch a fish, what kind of fish is this? Yeah. Admiring that fish, taking the time. You know, what does that fish had to go through? Yeah. Uh, man, I, I hadn't thought about that. Just the things we can teach on car rides too, to the yep. stream. Um, we look know, at a lot of bugs. We look at we a lot, a lot of rocks, flip a lot of rocks. But even just bugs. like knowing the area. Hey, yeah. why is this lake here? Why was this dammed? Why is this river? What has it done? Um, and as my kids are getting older, especially my son, he's into that like heavy, like the history of it. And so, um, just learning those things. What a great tip, man! And, and both of those things you guys said are, are huge. I hope our listeners really catch that. Just that being there over and over and over again, those rides of the stream over, even if it's just 10 minutes up the road where we yeah. like to take our kids, you never know what they're going to say or talk about on that ride. And what a man, what great stuff. That's good. Man, you know, I think about so many times, you know, my dad was a very, a man of very few words, but just, I can vividly remember most of the times whenever there was a perceived crisis in my life as a teenager, Mm-hmm being on a on the water with my dad and just having that time to to like brad said be safe yeah and and to be present and you know we, we didn't have cell phones we we had bag phones yeah and so it's like you know it wasn't like we were distracted but like you know it wasn't like dad was peppering me with questions yeah it was just he was there, and if I wanted to talk about something, I would. But if not, even if nothing was said, it's like, man, what a good talk. Mm-hmm. That's good. Good stuff. Well, guys, man, we really appreciate this. Um, I, I feel like we could, we'll probably have to do this again, just yeah, we'll run round two at some point because we didn't even get into maybe some of your better fish stories. But just hearing your story of how you started your show and um, – Let's make sure and tell our listeners, first of all, guys, I would highly encourage uh, you to go listen to The Storied Outdoors. It can be found on all podcast platforms, uh, The Storied Outdoors. And then also the best way to get a hold of you guys is through? Probably Instagram or our website, thestoriedoutdoors.com. Uh, you know, if you want to send us an email, it's uh, thestoriedoutdoors the at gmail.com. But most of, most of the time – we spend most of our time on um, on Instagram at the Story Outdoors and on Facebook. Um, you know, we, we don't do as much on Facebook, but we do have a presence there, and I I keep up with that more than um, than Brad does. Um, just just that's just kind of how it has. Well, it helps to have one. I don't have a Facebook, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. <I don't> blame <laughs> so yeah, but we, yeah, we we're we're pretty easy to find, and so yeah, thank you for 
for that, man. And, and just, you know, thank you for allowing us to come on here and tell our stories. You know, we, we, you guys are, um, we haven't met you in person, but I, I call you friends. And, um, I think that it's, it's one of those things that, uh, it's, I feel like our, um, our relationship, our friendship is just at the beginning. I'd love to maybe put some, uh, put a line in the water sometime. It's going to happen. Yeah, we're going to have to remedy that part about not being able to meet yet uh, pretty soon. And uh sounds like we got to go chase some red-eyed bass. Um, I think I'm that's where we're geeking out about mm-hmm. that already. You're done, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, uh, hey, I'm telling you, it's you think about the hummingbird of bass and it, this thing just come these things come in hot. They're mad. mad. We need to get yeah. with our man, what is it uh Stephen Rocker, right? Doesn't he he he's oh, one Steven, of those those guys down there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean we got Steven, we got we got Craig, we got Drew, we got Roel. I mean, it, you just we can make it happen. We can hook you up. We can there hook you, you up. And Sound, you, sounds like we'll have to make it happen soon. Well, uh, Brad, Brian, I just want to tell you uh, thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for putting your show out there. Um, I think it is something worth checking out. And it's, I think you were saying earlier, it's nice to know that there's stuff like this that's existing out there in the uh, podcast space. Um, there's a lot mm. of stuff that that you know it tears people down probably more than it builds them up and uh mm-hmm. i think your show definitely encourages people sure. and builds people up and uh encourage them to enjoy uh their stories and to reflect on their stories um i know it has definitely inspired me so uh thank you guys for that my mm, pleasure thank you our, our pleasure man and, and you guys are doing a fantastic job I, I love i love seeing what you all are doing keep up the good work yeah. appreciate pre- it Appreciate that, guys. And uh, so this has been uh, Brad Hill and Brian Gill with the Storied Outdoors. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening in. Until next time, tight lines. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast. We hope this episode has inspired and encouraged you as a parent or an angler as we wade through faith, family, and fishing all on the fly. Make sure to check us out at dadsonthefly.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at dadsonthefly. Shoot us a message as we always love hearing from you all. If you'd like to check out any Dads on the Fly merchandise, you can find it there as well. And as always, if you can, leave us a rating or review and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time, tight lines. Thank you.